I was you in the bathroom. And you're going to tell us everything. Every buyer you've worked with, every organization. What the hell is your name? Names, contacts, inventory lists. You have a, a wife, girlfriend. It's up to you how this goes. Because you know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to find her. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. You were apprehended carrying details of the location of something codenamed the Rabbit's Foot. I'm going to make her bleed and cry and call out your name. And you're not going to be able to do shit. You know why? What is a Rabbit's Foot? Because you're going to be this close to dead. And who is the buyer? And then I'm going to kill you right in front of her. to another episode of The Action Returns. Uh, this is episode eight. I'm your host, Brian. And of course, always with me, my brother Nez. What's up? Yo, yo, man. What's going on? It was awesome to the last episode. And I just couldn't wait to, to get to these uh, next two. And the two after that, man, I'm, I'm just... These were all, well, these last two movies were just like they were new to me because mm-hmm. there was a few times where I was, huh, and I was shocked and I was, I don't remember any of it. The only things I remember of these two films were the big stunt scenes because mm-hmm. that was all they showed us in trailers. And everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a little more excited with these ones. I think the, these next few going forward are... <clears throat> Probably um, action-wise, um, good action films. But. Yeah, I, I was I was excited going into these ones because I absolutely remembered nothing of part three. Like, I all I remember was Philip Seymour Hoffman was in the movie, and that's it. So, but um, before we get into these movies, uh, what's what's going on on? Uh, on your side of the world over there. Uh, we're same as the uh, last time we talked. Um, it's still the same. Nothing uh, nothing new. Um, I know a lot of the cases that were out at the prison, which was like over 600, uh, are down to like 60. So that's good. I mean, regarding all them over there. So, uh Hopefully, uh, I'm sure all the uh, the prison guards that got it are uh, over it. So hopefully, it doesn't it stays that way, and they hopefully they contain the the few that still uh, are sick away from everyone else to so it just doesn't keep repeating itself. But I don't know. That's as far as the news that I know is uh, in our little uh, uh, town in our area where I'm at in California. But in town, I mean, it's still same as usual. You got to mask up. Um, there was some kind of hoopla going on at Walmart today, and I don't know, but I know the cops showed up, and there was people outside screaming. I don't know if it was regarding masks because mm. nobody had one on. <laughs> even the <laughs> even the police officer uh, didn't even have one on. I was kind of like, oh, man. I said, let me just go inside. <laughs> but 
Yeah, that's about uh, uh, how it is over here. And work is still the same. We're all uh, we're all good. Knock on wood. And um, hopefully we can uh, all uh, get through this. I kind of went on a little rant on the last East Society. Not as much as I usually do if you guys listen to the show. But uh, I had to uh, throw in some uh, some of my uh, my feelings on this whole situation. But we're not here to talk about all that. Go to the East Society if you want to hear me. A bitch and complain on how everyone is <laughs> or how everyone should be acting but uh, how's it going on up there um i think uh the last couple days we've had uh over 200 new cases uh, a lot of a lot of restaurants are getting shut down because um they put in a mandate for no dining and a lot of a lot of restaurants were letting people in and uh Apparently there's there's people out here telling on them. So if anybody's listening and you own a restaurant, just just do the the diet or takeout and delivery because there's obviously people people out here snitching on you. And um, yeah, it, it's pretty much still the same. Uh, I see a lot of people are wearing masks, but um, it just uh, since since we spiked up here, it just hasn't slowed down a bit so i don't know i don't know what's going to happen up here uh, allegedly the movie theater is about to open i don't i don't even know how that's working since they they shut down the the restaurants for dining i don't know how the restaurant situation is going or the movie theater situation is going to work so which i'm not going yeah um well the ones uh, in in the town that i live in they're, they're both still closed but uh, over in the reno area um, excuse me, I saw that uh, two theaters were open and there was actually a, a couple new films uh, that were released. I think they were more just like the indie films. I, I can I don't remember the titles. So but a lot of it is just old films. And uh, I went I, w- I went on uh, Cinemark and just clicked on it to see how their seating arrangement was. And um, it only looked like some of the theaters uh, were only holding like maybe 20 people. If that, the, mm. the, w- the way the seating chart was, it was like blocks of three, like maybe six to a row. I mean, not together, but three seats together and then maybe skip a row and then, then another six and so forth uh, on back. I'm not sure if the very front rows uh, were open. Um, but I, I was wondering, like, if I bought a ticket for something by myself out of one of those three seats, um, I assume they would just not sell the other the other two seats because I don't want to sit next to people that I don't know. But um, I'm not I'm not ready to go back to the theater yet. Um, yeah, I, I got, I'm I'm kind of. I don't know. I don't want to, but it's just been so long. I kind of got that itch. And uh, next week, uh, with the opening of the theaters, the, that that Russell Crowe movie, uh, Unhinged. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, a friend of mine, him and his buddies, all threw their money together, and they got a private screening for uh, Empire uh, last night. And um, I was gonna go, but I was like, I would be the just the loner. I would go sit in the corner. Cause I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, other than my buddy, that that would be like, um, 
18 other people that I didn't know. Yeah. So I, I would kind of like, hey, man, it's nice meeting you guys. I'm going to go sit over here. <laughs> so but, uh, I didn't want to be like that because it was all his buddies. I'm sure they all didn't care and were sitting next to each other. But um, I'm not the one. So I don't know. I mean, but hey, Sean, if you're listening, brother, thank you for the invite. But I was just, I'm still a little worried. And uh, some of you are probably laughing and saying, don't be a, a bitch. But I'm not playing with my health. I mean, my health is as good as it is, uh, knock on wood. But <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to be tied down with uh, all that. I mean, just um, what Lance told us, that was enough um, to scare me. Uh, other yeah. than what, other than what we've seen uh, on the news and everything, but yeah, nah, I'm good. I, I'll wait. Um, Dezisa and I were talking about it, and he was like, he wouldn't even go back unless there was a vaccine. So hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, that's in the near future. Uh, hope, hope sooner than later. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Because I, I said, man, they still have to test it, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it usually takes years. To, to figure out, oh, okay, this is good, man. And now everyone get it because I don't want to be, yeah, I'll take it. And then uh, next year, um, things start falling off my body. So I, I don't know. I don't want to be the, the, the test monkey. Yeah, I was telling my wife, this is, this, is the, this is how the zombie apocalypse happens that everybody wanted. It's going to come from the vaccine that wasn't tested properly. Man, that could have been like in the last film, in Mission Impossible 2. On the last episode, that that chimera. I mean, that could have been the same thing. <laughs> they they did why well, obviously the the antidote did work because uh, it saved Tanny Newton. But I, I don't know. I I don't know if I want to do it, man. I don't want them to uh, infect me with rage or uh, <laughs> whatever that thing was in Resident Evil. I, what was that one called? Um, uh. Resident Evil. It's been a minute. I don't remember Resident Evil. I, I know the raid. The rage one was uh, twenty eight days later. I know we're supposed to be talking action, and everything, but <laughs> uh, um, those two movies that I, I liked both of them, uh, the twenty eight days and the twenty eight weeks later. Um, I'm to this day, whenever that first one came out, I it's not a zombie movie. It was just oh, no. wild people that were infected with uh, that that man-made uh, virus or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was. Um, I didn't see them eating people because they were more. All they were doing was just. I mean, they were biting you, but they were more just infecting you to uh, create more crazy people. So that's how I saw it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they they when they got the virus, they didn't die and then come back to life, or dead bodies didn't get infected and come back to life. It, it was just crazy rage virus. So yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely not a zombie flick. When is the third one coming? And what was that like 20, 28 months later or what is that one? Yeah. Um, I forgot the director's name. Uh, he keeps hinting that it's going to happen, but that was, that kept getting pushed back. And that was before the pandemic. So who, who, uh, there's no telling where that movie is in development right now. Yeah. I mean, whenever it, whenever it comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, check it out. But, um, keeping it with action, uh, I, I did a rewatch on, um, did you see Wheelman with, uh, Frank Grillo on Netflix? 
No, not yet. Uh, it, I got a lot of movies in my Netflix queue that I'm slowly going through right now. Yeah, because I watched a uh, a new a new film called Lost Bullet. Um, I talk about it more on the the New East Society. So uh, that episode will be out uh, shortly. I just got to get off my ass and put it together. But uh, that kind of had that feeling uh, of how Wheelman was. I mean, a lot of shooting and and fast cars. Uh, not souped up Fast and Furious cars. I mean, just whatever car they can get in and race around. So uh, it made me want to go watch Wheelman again because I, I do love Frank Grillo, and uh, I'm hoping uh, because I don't know where they're doing what they're doing with this uh, Escape from New York remake and or who's going to play Snake. And I'd rather have Frank Grillo. But that would be more believable. But I, I don't know. Have you seen? Um, I watched it last night. Uh, Project Power on Netflix. Not yet. Um, that's something I need to watch, and we're going to talk about it. Zisu and I both are going to talk about it on our next episode. Is it any good? Um, it, it's decent. It's decent. It's. Um, I would say if we had gotten the superhero flicks that we were supposed to over the summer, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much because I probably would have been comparing it more to that. But for a Netflix movie... I, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I like the whole premise of the the taking a pill and you get it, it. It unleashes whatever superpower you have for five minutes, and um, it it was definitely an interesting concept. And uh, I thought everybody was uh, pretty good in it, pretty decent. So, all right, man, we'll check it out. I did see that it was over two hours. So I was kind of like, really got to be this long? Is it worth the two hour watch or? It, it 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 could have been trimmed down to an hour and a half. See, all right. <laughs> um, everyone, uh, Lance, uh, brother Lance, uh, hooked, uh, hit me to this that uh, we have some feedback uh, for everyone from our listeners from the Action Return. So I'm gonna run through some of this. I believe. Oh, it, it does say what it's regarding. So okay, because Lance just sent me a bunch of stuff the other day. All right, this tell is me shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is regarding uh, um, episode six. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Stephen Loblad. Uh, it's been 84 years. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, we, we had a little hiatus there, but <laughs> we, 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 we're coming back strong. We're, we're, we're coming every week now. Yeah, we, uh, we're coming at you quicker than, than before. It'll be like uh, 74 years instead of 84. But. <laughs> All right. This is regarding bad boys for life. This is Marcus Will Turner. Let's be honest. Getting older. Let's get, let's be honest. Getting older can be the pits as much as the idea for aging like fine wine may seem appealing. It's not exactly reality for, for most, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't any refined and distinguished badassery left. Over the last decade of two action films have uh, over the last decade or two action films have been fully embraced with getting too old quotes getting too old for this shit concept where uh, protagonists recognize they're no spring chicken anymore and having to act accordingly when getting whenever when whatever the job done using more tactics and intelligence over brawn and impulsiveness they even expect Expect a bit of help from from time to time from new blood, maybe even past the pro, over barrel touch. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm a bad reader, everyone. Uh, two said bloods, uh, two said bloods before riding into the sunset. Uh, figuratively speaking, since we as an audience are edging further towards the golden, golden years um, of ourselves. What's the golden years? Uh, I had 50. Okay, well, okay. Well, then I'm getting I'll be there. I'll be there before you. I'll be 49 right. next month. Uh, Lance, tell us how the golden years are. Yeah, Lance, he he knows more than us. All right, <laughs> those journeys <laughs> resonate with us, and three and these characters become more uh, solidified in the legendary category. It happened for Riggs and Murtaugh, Rambo, Indy, uh, McLean, uh, Brian Mills, Logan, even John Wick, and now it's happening to Dedexes, Mike Larry, and Marcus Burnett as they take on another threat in their careers and lives while coming to terms with their revelations and with those revelations I mentioned. Did you like, well, let me finish this. There's a, there's a little bit more. Um, see my begirdingly. Is that a word? <laughs> I'm, I can't read everyone. Uh, of course, the long awaited sequel for their saga joins another exponential third Partners on making another solid entry in the franchise without sacrificing impact despite about 17 years passing in between re- releases. It's been that long since mm-hmm. part two? Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. All right. Uh, this time around, unsurprisingly, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence haven't missed a single solitary beat with their buddy in chemistry. They also managed to make their characters more re- realistic despite the crazy situations they are getting into. Oh, Joe Pantolino returns too as Captain Howard, who's intense and fun, and who's intense and funny as ever. Yeah, I thought he was awesome. Uh, though the new additions to the cast welcomed with Kate Del Castello and Vanessa Hudges, uh, Alexander Ludwig and Charles Milton, they were great con. They were great contacts. To our leads, uh, Germanic, and kept things fresh. Uh, Michael Bay is completely absent from the directing chair, so as a result, the action is toned way down from the hypergenic, ultra graphic wreckathon that is Bad Boys 2. See, I liked all that. Um, mm-hmm. But my, Michael Bay is still kind of, to me, is kind of doing the. He doesn't do the slow motion as much, it's his. Uh, spin around camera or, or whatever he calls that. I mean, you know how he like it's like a low shot, but then mm-hmm. almost three sixties uh, the characters. Did uh, we get that in this one? I don't think so, but um, mm-hmm. I don't remember. But all the everything else with Michael Bay attached to it, man. We got a ton of it in the Transformers and both of those in the last uh, two two Bad Boys movies and uh, even in Armageddon mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, yet this time around, each sequence uh, keeps the violence fun and thrills completely executed. Uh, it looks like Zero Bay Hem worked amazingly in his favor, so you couldn't ask for much else. Bottom line, this return, uh, what shit? This return uh, to form is exactly what the boys ordered: a successful, great, a successful, great sequel. And a grand time had by all. Definitely transported me back to the good old days when the first film arrived. How it was one of the best buddy cop actioners even I've seen since all three lethal weapons. Isn't there four? I 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, things may change, but the dynamic remains the same uh, for life. Okay, last time I say this for a while. Cue the Germanic theme music. Rating, 8 out of 10. What did you give Bad Boys uh, for Life? Um, I probably... Have, we could spoil this now, right? It's been out yeah, a while. It's been okay. out a while. You guys should have seen it. Um, I would have given it an 8, except for that end credit scene where he goes to his son who's locked up and basically hints that they're going to be working together in the future. And I felt like that just totally took away the impact of the captain dying. I was like, you just kind of made the captain a nothing character and you're going to go work with this dude that has murdered who knows how many people. But because he's your son, everything is just forgiven, forgotten. And I just, I, I didn't, I didn't like that whole turn right there. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it just left it more of I a mean to pass the torch. But I, I don't think it'll 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 be good. I mean, maybe if they turned it into a TV show. But as, as far as another movie, but I, I don't well, know. We'll see. They got that one TV show that I've never seen with Gabrielle Union's character from uh, Part Two. Was it L.A.'s Finest? Is that a spinoff? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, it's her character, the uh, Mark. Uh, Martin Lawrence's sister that she she played, and she uh, has a spinoff show called L.A.'s Finest, and it's her and Jessica Alba. I think they're like in season two now. I didn't even know that. I'm gonna have to check this out. What is this on Fox? Yeah, I have no idea. I've uh-huh. not seen. It. It's like a take a. It's on something I've never heard of before. Spectrum or something. Okay. I'm. Right. I'm it, 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 it's out there. All right. <laughs> All right, this next one's regarding the trailer for Crazy Samurai Musashi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Ramirez. Hey, it's the guy from Venus versus. I didn't even see this trailer. What? I I this one I, I would have to go back and watch. Um, <laughs> I I I think this is one day I was posting a whole bunch of trailers so. This one, I, I sorry, I don't know which one. I don't either. I mean, I guess we should have had all these a long time ago. <laughs> Lance just said to me. All right, this is regarding the the Megan Fox Rogue trailer. I don't, I haven't even seen that. No, I've uh, seen this one. Julian Luckhurst. Despite how they edited this trailer, it looks like only three action set pieces: one com one compound extraction, one car chase, and one night scene. The corridor jump was my favorite. What what is this? Movie. I don't even, I don't even. Uh, she is, believe it or not, cast as a member of a special elite force team. And I think they're doing a, what do you call it, extraction, rescue or whatever. And I think they're stuck somewhere and there's like a tiger or lion or something that's trying to kill them. And it, it looks like it's probably going to be stupid but i'm gonna watch it because it looks like it might be so bad it's good is this streaming or is this going to be in the theater well uh, we don't know what's going to be in the theater but i would say from the look of the production value this looks like vod 
All right. Um, I'll have to watch this trailer. I mean, I know she can't act, but um, she's not bad to look at. Um, my, minus but, those thumbs. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. I, I pointed out, uh, I forgot who I was talking to about this. Um, it's one of those, you know, how they got like the, the, the beautiful actress in these action films and they're in explosions or getting thrown around and their face isn't really dirty or whatever that that's what's going on in this one okay all right now that you guys mentioned that i did see that trailer and because i remember you guys talking about that um yeah i mean for all the the, the action that well the action that's in the trailer i mean yeah makeup's fine and uh, no dirt on your face it may be a little smudge but i don't know i guess it, it helps to have a makeup uh, crew right next to you <laughs> All right, this is regarding New Mutants. Julian Luck, Luckers. As long as theaters are not, are not open, I think we'll see this coming to Disney Plus very soon. Don't think uh, they'll postpone it any longer, do you? Um, I'm Yeah, I'd rather either Hulu, Disney Plus, whatever you're going to throw it on. I mean, I say just get it out because pushing it back years and years and years isn't helping its case. I mean, I know some people are already bashing it and tearing it apart. We've only seen trailers and teasers and images, but yeah. either way, I don't care. I just want to see it. Um, so, I mean, I'm ready. I mean, I doubt Disney or Fox, whoever is going to hold out for theaters. If they're putting Mulan on Disney plus, I mean, I don't see why they don't put um, new mutants on there. I hope they're not going to do that and charge. Well, we'll charge you $30. I mean, forget that. Mm-hmm. I'll just have, have you heard this thing? I read it somewhere that the reason they haven't put it on any streaming platform is because of a previous deal made before Disney bought Fox. That would the streaming rights would go to HBO. Have you read this somewhere? No, I haven't. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to find where I read it at, but um, that's some that's probably probably what's happening. They probably had a previous deal, and that's why they haven't. Those, those are neither that or I think they have something that they can make into a franchise out of this. That was my other guess on why they haven't dropped it yet. But that that sounds real interesting that um, if they had a previous deal made, that's probably why they didn't drop it already. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, just, just put it out. I mean, yeah. You're just you. It better be good if you're gonna make us wait. Or I mean, because I, 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 all right, Tenant. We know that's gonna be good. It'll mm-hmm. be confusing. But I just read that that's supposed to be a prequel to uh, Inception. I didn't read the article. It was just something that popped on my screen. So I guess I'll mm. find that and read into it. Inception. I don't even remember that movie at all. I've seen it once, and I, I couldn't even tell you what happened. All I know is the Juno's in it and uh, that fake Robin. Um, was Leonardo uh, in it as well? Yeah, he's the main guy. Yeah, see, do you, I don't even remember. I just remember the <laughs> world folding into place and them flying around like the Matrix in that hallway, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, uh, your 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 boy was in it, uh, Mad Max. <laughs> I love I love Tom Hardy, but not Mad Max. Anyway, listen to our Fury Road episode when we do it i mean i gotta watch it again i 
I don't really remember. I know I didn't really care for it the first time, but all right. Uh, regarding the boys, season two, Darren Wilson. Perfect. Tanya Torrance. I love this show, but Stormfront and Mallory aren't women in the comics. I'm hoping the new Stormfront storyline doesn't kill it for me. I know why they did it. Quotation. Or, um, not mm. quotation. Well, a little bracket thing. Um, I didn't even tackle season two yet. Or I started it, but I didn't. Did you finish it? You mean season one? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, season one. I'm thinking of Umbrella Academy. Sorry. I was I was about to get real jealous. I was like, how did you get season two already? No, I was thinking <laughs> of Umbrella Academy. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen season one. Season one's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I'm so ready for season two. I've seen the trailer, and it just over-the-top action, violence, just it's the it's that superhero show that you didn't know you wanted, but now after watching it, you need it. And uh, I am ready. And I think um, I think it's September fourth is season two. Yeah, they sucked me in with that first episode. After that, I, I just couldn't stop watching, so I, I went through the whole thing. I mean, it was badass. I mean, all the way. Um, was this were these graphic novels or what was? Yeah, graphic okay, novel. See, it's gonna make me read uh, again and again. Um, all right, where are we? Uh, this is the last one. Force of nature. What is that? Oh, the, oh, the uh, yeah, the uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, oh, okay. Um, Force of nature is from Eric King. Is this Hurricane High sequel? Is it? Is this a Hurricane High sequel? I know Hurricane Heist was stupid, but I liked it. <laughs> I mean, it was just goofy. It was just more basically Twister, but uh, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, the I, I started watching it, but I may have been a little green, so I don't remember anything, and I, I probably passed out, so I, I got to rewatch it. Um, it looked decent enough from what I've seen, so... I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll watch it before we do the next episode, and I'll have a little mini review. It was funny. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I don't you don't need to concentrate on all oh, the story. It was just more of just big CGI uh, fest uh, on on how it looked cool. I mean, it was a little goofy and everything, but what did you expect? It's called Hurricane <laughs> Heist. <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you so much for the feedback. Um, I'm sure there's more. Uh, we just got to get it from uh, Brother Lance, or I don't know. I'm sure you'll get it because <laughs> I just asked him about No, he asked me uh, if we're doing feedback, and I was like, I didn't even know he had any. <laughs> so he started sending me all this. Yeah, I'll start going through it and getting it. I wasn't planning on doing it because I know when you and me get together talking about movies, we – we we kind of go a little long, so I didn't I didn't want to make the show, show too long, but uh, yeah, I, I'll start pulling them together because I, I know I know there's there's uh, a few people that are uh, comment on, on a regular basis, so uh, I'll make sure to get those together. All right, let's get to the first film. This is 2006's Mission Impossible Three or MI Three. We need you to come with us. What the hell is this? 
It's on. I know it's on. Welcome back, brother. Rated PG-13. Theaters everywhere May 5th. Uh, IMF agent Ethan Hunt comes into conflict with uh, with a dangerous and sadistic arms dealer who threatens his life and his fiance in response. Directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, writers, there's a bunch of them. Alex Kurtzman, Robert Ork, Ork, Orsi, I think that's his name. There's two <laughs> other ones, but I'm not going to click on it. Um, this stars, of course, uh, Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, is Owen Owen Devian, Dave, Devian, I think that was his name. Uh, Ving Rhames is back as Luther. Uh, uh, Doctor Manhattan, Billy, is it Kurt? Credup. Credup as uh, Musgrave. Uh, Michelle Monaghan as Julia. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Rays Myers as Declan, Carrie Russell as Lindsay Ferris, and woo Maggie Q as Zen. Oh man! And Simon Pegg as Benji, and Lawrence Fishburne as Theodore Brassel, and a bunch of other people. Ah, Maggie Q. Why? Where were you in the in the next few? But um, uh, kick us off, man. What what did you think uh, of this uh, installment? Um, yeah, this, this rewatch, this recent rewatch was kind of almost like a first time watch because I had no, I remember nothing about this movie. Um, like I didn't, I forgot Billy Crudup was in it. I forgot the whole storyline of Tom Cruise being married and just everything, but rewatching it, I changed my mind about saying a ghost protocol is when the series picked up. Mission Impossible 3 is where the series picked up. I thought it was action-packed. I love the addition of Simon Pegg because he brought that comedic uh, take to it. Um, I, I, I love the storyline of, of uh, Ethan Hunt trying to live this kind of normal life and just get away from the, the whole uh, doing all these impossible missions and trying to just lead a normal married life and... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was a step up as a villain from the last guy. Um, I just just like the way he carried himself throughout the movie as a villain. Um, I love that they brought Ving Rhames back. Um, I totally forgot Billy Crudup was in here because uh, I like that whole turn he had in the movie because I, I thought it was believable because he, he looked like somebody who can play, you know, a good guy or a bad guy. And I totally forgot Carrie Russell was in that. I mean, she's only in this movie for like 10 minutes, but you know, she, she left her mark in the movie and Maggie Q. I agree with you. Where did you go for the rest of the series? Cause she is beautiful. She kicks ass. And I just, I had a fucking excellent time on this rewatch. I am right there with you. I did not remember this story at all i just completely forgot that ethan hunt was did get married um i knew all the characters i remembered all that um billy curtis i did totally forgot he was in it and yeah his turn dude this this watch was like i watched this for the first time um because when you we find out 
what what his intentions are. I went, <gasps> I mean, for real, I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, but uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, he's good in everything. I, mean, I really love his his character in pretty much uh, every film that he's been in, even when he was Cowboy Curtis on Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> I love him as Pops and Blackish. He's like my him and um, his ex wife. Uh, Dre's mom. They're they're my favorite characters on that show. Um, but yeah, man, I thought everyone was in it. Even the Jonathan uh Ray's Myers, uh Declan. I mean, I thought he was cool. I mean, for for some reason, I thought he was gonna if anyone was gonna die in the team, it would have been him. Um, yeah. yeah, I forgot Carrie Russell was in this. And I mean, I when Maggie Q's name came across the screen, I was like, whoa. How did I forget her? I mean, I I think what I remember her the most, other than that show, uh, La Femme Nikita, or I think that's what it's called. Um, I liked that show. I thought it was a cool show. Um, I liked her and everything that she's popped up in. I really liked her in, what was it, The Fourth Die Hard? Um, Live Free or uh, Die Hard, whatever that one. I liked her in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this one, man, she kicked ass, man. She was, how did they not bring her along? Yeah, Ving Rangs, of course. I mean, he's just uh, a fan favorite of the series, so uh, definitely awesome that he came back. But I don't know why uh, they didn't bring her along, or even uh, Declan, uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers. I don't know why didn't they bring them along. I mean, Simon Pegg was cool. Uh, of course, he's going to be uh, right there with him. He's J.J. Abrams, uh, his, his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought. Uh, the only reason to me, I think Carrie uh, Russell was in it because uh, J.J. Uh, Abrams was uh, dealing with, with Felicity uh, and all that. So maybe they, uh, that, that friendship brought it along. But she did her part, man. I, I thought she was really good because in the beginning when um, Ethan Hunt went in there to rescue her uh, from uh, uh, Devion's crew. And I, I think, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't uh, his crew. It was someone else, wasn't it? He didn't come on until <clears> later. Uh, because she was out there looking for um, what was the thing they were looking for the uh, the rabbit's foot. Yeah, the the, the rabbit's foot. And she kind of figured out uh, what was going on, so that's why she was uh, waiting for Ethan and them to come in and get her. So I mean, once they got in there and, and he uh, kind of brought her back to life with stabbing her in the heart with that uh, syringe full of adrenaline. Uh, I'm sure that get anybody on their feet. <laughs> I thought that was cool because he was like, "He goes, I need you to help," and then he just stabbed her in the heart. She kid came back to life and she was ready to rock. Man, he just handed her a gun and she knew what she was doing. So I really liked all that. Um, I was at the uh, WonderCon when uh, they brought uh, Mission Impossible Three. It was only J.J. Abrams was the only one there. Uh, there was no Tom Cruise or anyone. Um, this is when WonderCon was in San Francisco. So the only stuff they uh, showed was the whole bridge scene. Uh, not the whole bridge scene, but the part when uh, Ethan Hunt blows up. Oh, and they also showed the the scene when um, uh, Ethan Hunt was holding uh, Devion out of the top of that, um, out of the bottom of that airplane when he was going to throw him out. Mm-hmm. That Those were the only two scenes they showed us. And that got me juice. So, I mean, I was super duper excited and ready for it. Um, but... I mean, I thought it was cool. I didn't like the the um, Ethan Hunt trying to live a normal life and not do missions, just train everyone. But I did like that montage when they showed him training uh, Lindsay Ferris, Carrie Russell's character. Uh, I liked all that. But 
I mean, you knew where it was going to go as soon as uh, Ving Rhames was talking to him. Or was it Ving Rhames? Who was the one that mentioned to Ethan Hunt that, like, guys like you shouldn't be married because... That was Ving Rhames. Okay. Yeah, so he when he was telling him that you can't do this and try to live a normal life, which was true. I mean, but as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, we know where this is going. So, but... <laughs> But we we kind of no he he that was later on when they were in the airplane when um uh Devion was uh lighting up uh, Ethan Hunt which uh, I love that scene I know we're jumping all over everyone but that's how we do it when he was telling him and he was like well what's your name he goes well whoever you are I'm gonna find girlfriend your wife and I'm just gonna hurt her that whole dialogue scene of him just I'm whatever it takes I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna he, hurt he, her. He, he did it so quick, too. He found her so fast. I mean, I think this is like the only role that I've seen him in. I mean, I've seen him in a few films, but for Philip Seymour Hoffman, man, this it was a different role. He wasn't the 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 pretty boy villain with the long hair and the sunglasses. He just looked like himself and didn't. He didn't need to be all buff and tough and everything. He was just his dialogue and his uh, his whole appearance on how he took this role is made you believe that this guy's no joke and you better not fuck with him because he was badass and he had mm-hmm. the crew to back him up because once uh, when they when he got captured, I mean it's like I don't even think twenty four hours went by yet and he was already free. <laughs> so uh, I love that whole bridge scene. I thought that was cool. Um, is this is this when we start seeing that famous Tom Cruise run is in part three? Uh, I think so, because he ran a little bit in the second one. And well, I guess he ran a little bit in the first two as well. Um, Not like he does now. Oh, yeah. No, he's just, it was just all running in this one and in the next one. <laughs> so but uh, that was cool. I loved uh, that whole bridge scene with the the drone flying and shooting missiles at him, and then the helicopter coming up and the big gunfight. Um, I would have hate to have been one of the just civilians on that bridge when this was happening because there's huge holes and bullets and missiles are flying everywhere, and I was like, wow, that was a lot. And I had to watch the uh, the making of this, and that they built that whole bridge. And uh, just CGI'd the water. They they were out in some desert somewhere where they built it. So, I mean, yeah. I thought that was cool. And um, that whole scene when uh, Ethan was running before the the truck blew up, and when he gets blasted and flies against the car, um, they did do some CGI with that. But that stunt that he did, I mean, that's this is when he was like, well, he was like, well, did, with this stunt, it's gonna be, it has to be me. I think this was the beginning of him doing the like every stunt. I mean, he did some stunts in the second one, um, but in this one, he was telling him, "Goes we can't throw in a double because it'll it'll clearly see that it's not me, so uh, I can do it." So that whole scene when he's running at the camera before it blows up, um, there was an explosion, but then they they CGI'd in the rest. But he had a, a harness pulled to him, so when uh, the blast hit him. They pulled him, and he just slammed against that car. And they, during that scene, they kind of like, as soon as the camera stopped rolling, they ran over. You all right? You all right? He goes, no, I'm good. 
uh, all of that. I mean, I, it was it was cool, man. I really love it. It, it. it did look a little sloppy, CG wise, CGI wise, but it it was a good stunt. I mean, and I liked it. And that whole shoot 'em up scene. Uh, I I love guns and everything, but I, I couldn't tell you what kind of guns these guys had. They were just grabbing guns off the ground and just firing it in the air and everything. But that whole uh, rescue scene when um, Devion's crew came in, I, I thought that was awesome. But he was nothing but but an arms dealer. I mean, that's what, what was all he was. And once uh, he got captured, and that was with his mission to uh, find uh, Ethan Hunt's uh, his wife. And uh, torture him and uh, torture Ethan Hunt. So I thought that was. I mean, that the story wasn't that that complicated. It was just mm. more of a revenge thing because we really don't know what the rabbit foot was because they didn't explain it, did they? No, and I kind of like that. It, it it was a nice little. I like all the espionage stuff, but it was a nice little break from the 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 spy stuff. And, um, yeah, they've never, um, Lawrence Fishburne was going to tell him at the end if he agreed to come back, but, uh, he didn't agree to come back. So no, they never said what the rabbit's foot was or did or anything. What was the, the, the big stunt? Was it just the battle on the bridge? Like, I don't re- remember afterwards. I would say the battle on the bridge, um, for me, uh, remembering that was probably the biggest stunt. Just, just the explosions, the gunfight, um, the the way they broke him out because they sprayed that that foam stuff on the side of the van, and then it, it almost like froze it, and then it just like tapped at it, and it broke. Just, just everything was just com- completely action packed for that whole scene. Yeah, because. Um... I mean, the whole beginning scene w- was awesome. I mean, not not the very, very beginning because that was kind of a, a a flashback before we got into the, the regular timeline of the story. But, I mean, I loved uh, them going in there and getting Carrie Russell. And because, like I said, once she got a gun in her hand, she was she was letting fools have it. And that stunt as well, uh, when he when they both uh, grabbed her and they went diving out of the window and landed on top of uh, that van. Um, they had them tied up. They didn't. They weren't the ones that hit the van, but they were, it was Tom Cruise and Carrie Russell that did uh, some of that stunt work. So I thought that was good because she was scared. She was like, "I never did my own stunt, so I don't know what to expect. So hopefully, I don't get hurt." But she she did her job, man. So I really liked. Her. I never really cared for Felicity or whatever the other shows she had, but once she started being in big films, I met her once at Comic-Con. She was staying in our hotel and uh, she was in the elevator and um, she was really cool. I'll talk to her for just a second. I can't remember what she, Oh, she was there for um, whatever. One of those planet of the apes movies she was in. I think it was the second one. It was the second yeah, or the third second one. one. Oh, second okay. one. Well, she was there for that. So, but um, I liked her. I wished she would have went a little further in, in the story, but I mean, she did serve her purpose in it. I mean, that was pretty ruthless because they implanted a uh, a little uh, explosive capsule in her head, and they really couldn't didn't know that it was in there until it was too late. But that whole scene was awesome because once she like started to feel it, she was ah, she was screaming. They didn't know what was happening, and then they tried to uh, they X-rayed her head real quick and saw that there was something in there. But then it just 
just like it it blew up and like snapped her neck or no yeah it, it blew out her eyeball or something it, yeah because i like to build up to it because they they were going to try to use a, a defibrillator to to shock her to short short it out and it was just like seconds from it charging and then it just you just seen her head just kind of do a little little pop motion and her yeah her eye was fucked up but it, it was cool I, I wish she would have uh, been in it a little bit longer but i think uh she would have uh took over and uh put maggie q in the back but she was awesome uh i don't i i just don't know why they didn't continue with her Oh, there was a big action scene. Another one, the the building one, where he uh, slingshotted himself from one building to the next. Oh, that's right, because they had to yeah. go in there and get the um. I'm thinking the of, rabbit's foot. Yeah, I was thinking of Ghost Protocol and all. Yeah, that. it that one made me uncomfortable. Just being up that high and just how he's swinging from one building to the next. And he doesn't quite land it like how he wants, and then he's just sliding down the side of the building, and it, it just it just kind of gets your adrenaline going to to see what happens. And Tom Cruise is he's a fucking crazy person. I watched uh, the making of that scene, and it was all green screen. Oh, really? He wasn't uh, on top of the building. Not uh, like in the, in the next movie. No, I was like, oh, I thought. I mean, because I was like, man, they, they did a good job uh, if he was standing up there because uh, I wouldn't uh, I'm not the one. But, um, yeah, it was it, it was they built the part of the building and it was all green screen of him swinging around and everything. So, but even so, it's it still I mean, it served its purpose. I, I did, did get dizzy. I remember getting dizzy when I saw this in the theater, but then watching it at home, uh, I just I felt dizzy. I'll be more dizzy in the next one when we talk to. But I mean, I thought that scene was cool because they were like, "There's no way we can get in there." And then that's when I loved how he just got that marker and started writing on the on the window, drawing what he was gonna do. And <laughs> yeah, we could do it. We could do it. I mean, you got to be quick on your feet in this. The th- I think the other scene that I really loved is um, they uh, were saying that uh, um, was, was, oh yeah. Um, Ethan Hunt was uh, was was being a bad guy, and then they uh, they because they uh, um, the IMF people they 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 captured him, and then they had him all tied up. In that scene, when um, what the hell's his name? Uh, Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, him. <laughs> when he came in, and he was talking to to Ethan and telling him one thing, but then he started uh, like just mouthing. What do you say? Like, go to Shanghai, and there's going to be this and that. I thought that was sweet. That's how awesome Ethan Hunt is. He was able to lip read, and uh, I thought that was cool because that was a cool little escape uh, on what he did. Handed him. Uh, what did he hand him? He uh, it was like a little knife, and um, I like I like the it was a callback though because uh, in the earlier scene at the little engagement party, he's he's reading lips of his. Uh, wife and um her friends talking and and i I just liked uh, that they that they ended up using that in the movie but yeah he he handed him a little like a little pocket knife a little blade or something and he had cut himself loose and was able to to use it to escape this was after the the bridge scene because 
we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're jumping all over the place because uh, the, the the reason why that he got he got taken is because they they were thought he was a part of uh, the um, Davion's escape. But when he when they captured him, all that was neat because I love when they bring in the masks and everything uh, that they do because he had they made a they made a mask of Davion then he put it on him. I love that scene when they when they went and uh, grabbed him in the bathroom. And then Ethan had the mask on, but his little uh, voice thing that he had on his mm-hmm. neck wasn't quite ready yet. And he was just trying to, that guy, the, the, the guard that came in, his bodyguard, like, are you all right? Are you, what's going on? And he was just pointing his finger like, hold on a minute. Until they said, all right, you can talk now. And then he started talking. <laughs> so I thought all that was cool. And I like the attention to detail too, because he's they're like dragging him off, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, and I'm like, but he's got wine all over his shirt, and then Tom Cruise, uh, Ethan Hunt, he pulls out that little spray bottle and just sprays his shirt down, and I'm just like, I, I just I really like the little details and stuff like that. And this that was one thing I was like, he luckily he had that exact same color. Just pull out and squirt it all over himself. He, he, Ethan Hunt's the best. Yeah, man. I, I didn't make this film, but I mean, it was cool. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that was brutal after that, after uh, they captured him, and they had that big uh, battle on the bridge, and then um, they ended up uh, when the Ethan Hunt was captured, and they then he escaped, and then uh, Davion's crew uh, captured Ethan Hunt. Well, you know, they, they they told him that that he he had um uh, kidnapped or they they kidnapped uh, Ethan's wife. So he went in there and, and he was trying to help or or he was trying to get him. Did they um how they drug him and knock him out? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Because when he woke up, he was tied to a chair and then his mm-hmm. wife was uh sitting on the other chair. And at the very, very beginning of the film is when um, Davion was screaming at Ethan Hunt and they were going back and forth. Like, if you don't tell me where the rabbit's foot is, I'm going to kill her. Giving you 10 seconds. And then that was what we saw in the beginning. And then uh, flash forward to the scene where he was like, again, 10 seconds or I'm going to kill her. Uh, And I was, I mean, that was was an intense scene for, for, for not even remembering any of this film. Like I said, it, it was like, it was like my first time watch. I mean, that I was like at the edge of my seat, like, oh my God, is he, he going to kill her? And then once he hit 10, and blasted her. I was like, oh man. But then I think once it, that happened, it started to come back to me because I was thinking, she's in the next few movies. So, and then I was like, all right, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't remember. So, uh, Ethan was like devastated. The look in his eyes, and like he was like so shocked and wanted to cry but couldn't. And then when they were when they were walking away, um, I think it was uh, Musgrave told him. No, oh, that's that's when he came walking in the room, and uh, told him his intentions on on what he was doing, and he was the mole or whatever. Because they, uh, uh, Carrie Russell, uh, Lindsay Ferris, she had sent Ethan a postcard uh, mm-hmm. with a um, little the dot file or something that was behind the stamp and uh benji had to decrypt it and they found out that they showed uh lawrence fishburne's character that he his phone was um uh last used talking to uh Devion and all that so she was kind of thinking that he was 
a part of this, but then we find out that it was actually Musgrave that was the one uh, that was uh, the dirty guy. So, because when he after he explained uh, what what his his involvement was to Ethan Hunt is when he walked past that girl and pulled or his wife and pulled off the uh, the duct tape and it just ripped off. It was like a mask. It was actually um, uh, Devion's uh, like assistant. Um, yeah, that was fucked up. Just because of the whole um, thing that happened when he got kidnapped, he essentially blamed her for it. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. I mean, that's how ruthless he was. I mean, you you mess up, you're dead. So that was, um, but that was that was cool thinking to try to get Ethan to crack. So when he figured out, okay, my wife is still alive, and now I just got to figure out where she's at. And that's when they take us to, was it Shanghai? Is that where they were? Yeah, yeah. And then all that, then the running began, and I don't even remember the end. Um, they got there. <laughs> yeah, um, little part we kind of left out. They kind of uh, injected him with one of those uh, those little mini detonators up his nose. So he he does his little running. We get to Tom Cruise' famous run style. Uh, he gets to where uh, his wife's at. He. Another part we left out, they had a secretly married too. So they threw that in there, I guess, to just kind of add up the drama. Uh, he, he rescues her, but that's when the, the effects of having the, the explosive in his head kind of kick in like they did with Carrie Russell. And this scene was fucking crazy. The, the part where she uh, electrocuted him. And it was just crazy the fact because he had those sticks in his mouth and the way he chomped down and just broke those sticks was crazy. Because he had to do that to fry that little thing in his head. That was the only reason. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to kill him. <laughs> but that was crazy, man. I mean, that's how quick he is at thinking. Look, I know you can. Luckily, she was a doctor. He's, I know you can bring me back to life. Just do it. And, and the. I love this scene, but I, I didn't buy it. I mean, before he actually electrocuted himself, he, all right, this is a, I don't know what kind of gun it was. I don't say it was a Beretta or something. He goes, this is how you do it. This is how you release the clip. This is how you load it. Uh, and just whoever comes in, just start shooting. And she was like, it didn't even look like she was paying attention. But then once he uh, shocked himself and ended up dying, that's when the bad guys came in. And she just picked up the gun and started shooting like she's been shooting her whole life. Yeah, I, I will have to say, you know, she I'm not a big Michelle Monaghan fan, but in this movie, she's a keeper because she saved his life and took out two people and Musgrave by herself with, with no training. She she Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt. She is definitely a keeper. Yeah, man, because he told her how to use that gun in seconds and she killed all those people and reloaded the gun. Because it was like, as soon as it was done, she just popped a clip, slammed in another one, and kept kept on rocking. So, yeah, at least she paid attention. Well, I guess you got to pay attention if you're a doctor. So mm-hmm. so after she did all that, and then she brought him back to life and everything. So I thought that was cool. Of course he was going to come back to life. It wasn't going to be the end of the thing, because I don't even know if she would have got out if she after she used all those bullets and everything. But, I mean, that was good thinking to... To try to stop because when they were in that wherever they were i thought you saw a lot of medical stuff in there so i was thinking he was gonna grab one of those um one of those little heart heart things the defibrillators yeah he, he he tried to find one but he said they didn't have one 
I thought he was going to grab one and like just shock his head to, to blow it up, but I guess he did the next best thing. There must have been a lot of juice in those wires uh, in order for him to, to, to kill himself, but uh, it was quick thinking, and he just he didn't have time to think about it either. He goes, this is what I'm doing, and I'm going to do it, and, bzz, and he did it. <laughs> and he fried that little thing in his head. I wonder if they got it out afterwards. Who knows? I would think they have to. And then right after this, we get a. Do we get the showdown with him? No, or did we skip that part? The showdown with him and a Davion. And they had their big fight. It was right after she brought him back to life, wasn't it? Oh, or, or, no, no, it was before. That part. We did. We yeah. skipped, it was before all that. Um, that was a cool fight scene. I mean, you can clearly see it was both of them at, at times, and then you can see it was stunt guys, but. Mm-hmm. I liked the fight scene, but I didn't like the death of Davion. I mean, other than they didn't show it. I mean, it was, it seemed too quick and easy. I mean, maybe yeah, I agree with you. It was, the fight was short, and then his death was just, it just all, it just happened all of a sudden, and it was just over. And I, I really don't like those kinds of, especially with the main bad guy. It, it made me think, um, have you seen, uh, I don't know which uh, expendable movie, the one with uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, that was the third one. How they led up to this final showdown and then it was like over in like a couple minutes. It, I really hate that shit. They did that in the second one with Van Damme. I was juice and ready. For some spin kick galores and, and splits and uh, you know. but it, it wasn't as quick as Mel Gibson though. No, but I mean maybe Mel Gibson, okay, him and Sly, that would have been an equal fight, but Van Dam and no, he would have just quickly just kicked him in the head and that'd have been it. Uh, I wanted more in that fight, but we didn't. It's the same thing with Mel. Yeah, I mean, either they're just running out of time or running out of money. I mean, because it, it just seemed like this one, the fight was just boom, 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 boom. All right, we're outside now trying to get away. Then yeah, boom, he gets hit by a car. Yeah, it, it was a little unbelievable that he was able to just lay flat on the ground and not be hit by the car or hit by the truck or anything. Yeah, I mean, after all the stuff that Davion went through to from getting hang out of the side of an airplane or the bottom of an airplane, uh, surviving a missile attack and, and machine gun war to just get hit by a car. It just happened to be driving down the road. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really care for the ending. I mean, it, it was just like the last one. Once the whole thing was over and the day was saved, they're like, all right, now let's go on a honeymoon. Uh, I didn't buy that one scene either. How she's just in this, what what is it, IMF headquarters, and she's just laughing with everybody, and then she just gets to go. You're not supposed to know all that stuff. You just walk out laughing, and everything's a, a fun day, and it just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't buy all that. There should have been some sort of debriefing, or you can't say this, or this is your new identity, or something. Because he told her, he told her the, right after they walked out and after they killed everyone and they were just walking down the road like it was nothing. 
all right, this is what I do. I go around the world and do impossible missions and all this. And she would just like, okay. And the next scene is when they're in IMF. And I was like, no. Yeah. I mean, who knows how much time it was there. Maybe they did. Gates told her everything. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I'm not buying any of this. <laughs> and then the movie, they, yeah. They, it, what would have made this movie is as they were walking down the hall, they did turn around and then the screen, the screen froze like the old school 80s movies when, yeah, mm. then it froze and then the credits start rolling. I would have been okay with it, but yeah. I didn't like how, how Ving Rhames was so fucking happy for him after he spent that whole time telling him not to get married. <laughs> I did like that scene when uh, when he was talking. He asked him if he was banging uh, uh, with a Carrie Russell's character, Lindsay Ferris. He straight up asked him, "Did you?" He's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the very end. That the, the whole movie is unbelievable. But that was the most unbelievable part uh, in the whole film was the end of them just. Oh, it's okay. You, you now you know about this little secret uh, force, and uh, uh, you're okay with it. Now you can go home. I was like, no, but then that was the end of the film. But um, I love the explanation for her in the next film, which which was awesome. Mm-hmm. When did this one? Oh, uh, two thousand six. And then two thousand eleven. We get Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. A bomb blew up the Kremlin. Your team has been disavowed. It was a setup. Everyone connected with this man is an asset. We come back with our target, but we don't come back. How do you propose that we do that? We take him out. It would take special skills. I don't seduce. I just. Cool. It's not as if any mission is going to be rougher than the last one. Is it? Rated PT-13 in theaters and IMAX December 21st. This one was badass. I mean, I loved I loved the first one. Second one, trash. Third one, good. More of just a happy uh, story. Love, triangle, love uh, story. But this one was, was badass. I loved it. The stunts, the whole building stunt was awesome. Uh, bringing in Jeremy Renner uh, was awesome that touch, as well as um, what's his name? The guy that replaced Bones uh, Fishman. Um, oh shit! He, he was in Beetlejuice. He was get away. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, him. Uh, bringing him in. Alec Baldwin's badass. He can be a good, funny guy, and he can do comedy, and then he could just be the total ball buster uh, that he was. Mm-hmm. He was uh, well, he was running the CIA, wasn't he? This one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Simon Pegg comes back, which is awesome. Uh, his character, Benji, because Simon Pegg was more of just a, a tech guy that stayed in the office. This time, they, he upgraded himself into a field agent, so that was definitely awesome to see him uh, join the gang. Uh, we're also introduced to uh, Paula Patton's character, Jane. There, I I was sitting there watching this. Where have I seen her? And I had to go look back and see her. Uh, okay, okay, I've seen her in these other films. 
Uh, yeah, she's good to look at. I thought she was hot and everything, but she is no Maggie Q. No. I didn't buy it any of it from her because she was a field agent. Maybe she was brand new because she acted like she really couldn't do anything in this one. So I mean, I mean, she did do her job. I, I ended up liking her character by the end of the film, but I don't know. I just wasn't buying it. I mean, Maggie Q, you just look at her and. If you never did see anything else that she was in, because she's done a lot of action stuff, she was just badass completely. Yeah, and in three, Maggie Q, she just, you've seen the confidence in her. And Paula Patton at time, even the, you know, not trying to jump into it, that, that whole opening scene with her getting Tom Cruise out of, out of the prison, she just kind of seemed like her character didn't know what the mission was. Yeah, this uh, I, I, yeah, I wasn't buying her. Um, this one, the IMF is shut down when it is implicated in a bombing at the of the Kremlin, causing Ethan Hunt and his new team to go rogue to clear their organization's name. This is directed by Brad Bird, uh, written by uh, Bruce Geller and Josh Applebaum. There's another credit, but I ain't gonna go into it. So. Uh, I thought. Uh, as far as directing wise, Brad Bird, I thought he did an amazing job with this one. I mean, he knew he knew what to, how to film uh, a film because he he did do uh, other things. Um, he well, he did the I'm looking at his IMDb. He did a lot of writing for uh, for Disney, Untouchables, not Untouchables, Incredibles, uh, Ratatouille, mm-hmm. The Iron Giant, and stuff like that. But this was his first uh, live action directorial movie. Yeah, I mean, because that's all, all he's done. Well, he's got something called 1906 coming because he, he went back to, well, he did Tomorrowland, which uh, eh. was garbage. Eh. <laughs> but as far as an action film, I mean, yes, Incredibles was action too, but that was just animated. But, but it was amazing, uh, the first one. But uh, his first uh, time sitting in, in the chair for something, a big project like this that took you to other parts of the world and to do uh, just outrageous and the most dangerous stunts uh, in this one. And it, it was, it was just amazing. I wish he would do uh, more, but I'm sure he's more uh, suited for the animation stuff he has done. But I mean, if he does more action films and everything later on in his career, that's awesome. The thing that pissed me off about this whole movie is the beginning. Josh Holloway as Hannaway. I love Josh Holloway. He was badass as Sawyer in Lost. And uh, I, when he popped up on the, this, this was like watching it for the first time because I didn't even remember uh, he was in this. We didn't even mention uh, Jesse uh, in uh, in the in the third film. It wasn't he. Um, whose brother was he? Um, Remember when they had the little house party, and then Jesse Pinkman was uh, there. (laughs) Michelle Monaghan's brother. Yeah, he he was even in it. He looked all cracked out and everything. (laughs) Super young looking. (laughs) So I mean, but yeah, so it it was cool to see uh, him pop up into this one. But uh, I wish he would have went more. Maybe he would have joined the team, and uh, I thought he would have been a good uh, addition uh, to the team because I was like. What? Because he ended up. Um, what did he take? He took. Um, 
was it uh the, the codes the yeah uh, launch codes yeah nuclear took, launch codes he took those from uh the guy that he was getting them from and then when he as he was running away which i thought was awesome that the whole little action scene of him running away and running on the roofs and then uh, almost thinking he was getting away, and then this uh, one chick, uh, Sabine Monroe, she comes out and uh, blasts him. Uh, I'm not even gonna try with her name, her real name. But uh, are you a fan of Josh Holloway? I don't know who he is. I'd never watched Lost. What? Yeah, I was going to, and then oh. the, when I was gonna <laughs> get into it is when that whole. Thing happened with the final episode and people were kind of kind of down on it and somebody told me don't even waste your time and oh it was awesome in the beginning and then it just kind of slowly the, the show went downhill and I didn't really care for the, the ending but um, he was an awesome character I, I was all about him uh, on the show uh, it was uh, tight when he came, when he was in uh, that one Arnold movie, Sabotage. Uh, I was psyched okay. when he was in that, but uh, like this, he didn't last very long. So, but uh, I know he's on some TV show now. I don't know what it is. I, I want to say it's something sci fi, but I haven't. Colony. Uh, yeah, I haven't sat down and watched any of that, but I wish he would have been more uh, in this uh, in this film, but he got dusted re- really quick in the beginning. Because after that, uh, oh, this is when we go to the prison, right? Mm-hmm. We get the prison break from uh, Simon Pegg's character, Benji, Paula Patton, and uh, was there another guy? Or was it just those two? It was those two. And then uh, the other dude that uh, when he He's was trying to bust out. Yeah, he busted out. I don't even remember why he grabbed that guy. Um, he was the one getting him information while he was in prison. So he felt like if he would have left him there, he would have ended up getting killed. Okay. So, I mean, that scene was cool. I, I liked it. How, uh, cause at this point we don't know why, uh, Ethan Hunton in, in this, uh, where were they? Siberia? Uh, let me check double quick. Uh, Moscow. Okay, yeah. Somewhere over there. Uh, but yeah, we didn't know why he was there. Because when we see him the first time, he just kicked back in his cell and not even worried about it while everyone else is hooting and hollering and screaming. But uh, that's when the doors start opening and all the inmates come out and, and then the riot breaks out. So, But at this point, I'm still like, why? why what's happening? Why? Why is he there? And then who is this dude that he that he's grabbing? Because he goes once the uh, the everyone's doors open up and all the all the prisoners come out. Um, this is when that they they the prison riot starts and he's just trying to get through it all. But uh, Benji is has him has the the whole he's, he breaks into the 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 security systems and he's like telling him uh, which way to go and everything. But Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt kind of stops and then turns around and goes back into all the chaos and like where's he going what's he doing he ends up grabbing uh that one dude i don't even remember his name bog bogdan okay yeah all right they grabs him and uh then they go running out and uh all this all this time you see benji and you see um jane paula Patton's character 
uh, trying to uh, help uh, break Ethan out. And yeah, during all that, I was, she was like, was this her first mission? And didn't really know how it was going to go or, or, or what to do because it seemed like Benji was uh, the brains of this operation. So, yeah, it's kind of like she didn't even know who Ethan Hunt was for a second. Yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. But I mean, I thought it was cool. I did like that whole uh, beginning scene. It was, it was pretty intense uh, on what was going on. Because then once they, they get out and they get into the little uh, sewer systems without running, is when. Uh, the the movie starts. We get the Mission Impossible theme and all that. Uh, I loved it. I always loved the the beginnings uh, of these films, how they do it. But my only problem was I can't sure if I said it on the first uh, episode when we we're doing these. Is if you really look at it, they show the whole movie, just quick images of. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, they even show you the ending. Because uh, I know they. I did notice that in. Um, the first Mission Impossible, they showed the whole movie in, in it. So, but quick, just quick uh, little scenes. You, you you can't put it together or anything. But um, once he got out, is this when they, when um, uh, Alec Baldwin's character shut down the uh, IMF? Or no, no, no. They tell. Um Basically, he gets the mission. You know, we, we you know, you got to we got to do the thing. Every mission impossible. You if you choose to accept the, the mission and all that. And he has to go to the Kremlin to steal something. And um, that's where they go. And uh, we get another um, Tom Cruise in a mass thing. And, you know, Benji's there to to add some comedy relief because one of the things he's always wanted to do is wear a mask on a mission and he doesn't get to wear one. And we get some more cool gadgets uh, with the screen thing um, that they're using to fool the guard. So they don't see them down the hallway. I think we jumped ahead with Alec Baldwin. I don't think he's in this one. It's the next one. Yeah, we get, um, I forgot the actor's name. Uh, we get Tom Wilkinson. He was the IMF security uh, agent. Yes, yes. And then I was about a, to say somebody was yelling at us right there. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm scrolling down all the cast. I'm like, oh, Paul. See, I, I'm jumping ahead, everyone, because I, I started the the next film, <laughs> and he was in that one. So, because uh, I think that's when, because I, I picture him and Jeremy Renner together in a scene. But we'll talk about that next episode. So. Yeah, Alec Baldwin isn't isn't in this one, but uh, yeah, that's the they blow up the Kremlin. No, no, Tom Cruise was there it was before when he gets the mission. Is when is this when he, we get inter, introduced to Cobalt, who kind of comes in and in the middle of them doing the mission, um, the the alarm goes off and they they can tell somebody's on the radio, kind of given uh, misinformation on what's going on and that basically they find out somebody's tapped into their frequency and as they're trying to escape uh, he passes somebody and it ends up uh, being called about uh, that he's there he's taking the the information and he's uh, he's the one that blows up the kremlin which uh the explosion leads to another tom cruise running scene which blasts him completely off the screen <laughs> 
So when they when they went in there, I'm getting all these missions confused, everyone. So when they went there, they were they were going there to get the launch codes, right? I believe so. Okay, that's when that other dude, uh, I believe, was it Hendrix? Was he the one that that grabbed it? Or yes. Oh yeah, because Hendrix was the um, basically a terrorist. Because he wanted to start uh, a nuclear uh, war between America and Russia. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason that he... Okay, I now remember. Yeah, that. Hendrix is played by Michael Nivquist, if I said his name right. The, the, the bad guy from John Wick 1. That was him? Yeah. The, from the first one? Yeah, uh, Vladimir or whatever his name was. That was telling the Baba Yaga, Yaga story? or Yeah, and every time his son would fuck up he'd be like you just you know it was john wick and everybody would always be like oh i didn't know we gotta do those yeah (laughs) (laughs) that might be a long episode to do all three at once yeah i don't even know when when four is coming so um not to get off track uh four was supposed to come out next year but they pushed it to 2022 but good news is they are filming four and five back to back so did they even start or no? I think they started and it got shut down because next year, 20, 2021, uh, uh, John Wick 4 and The Matrix 4 was supposed to come out on the same day. But they pushed John Wick 4 to 2022. I thought John Wick and uh, Bill and Ted were supposed to be. Oh, no, no, no. OK, I'm never mind. I'm getting it confused. Uh, but I am excited for those. <laughs> so, a lot of a lot of Keanu going on. Yeah, but um, yeah. So Hendrix is is the main uh, bad guy in this, and then all that stuff that you said when they when they crossed uh, uh, radio frequencies and everything, and there, the misinformation was going everywhere. This is when they blew up the Kremlin, and yeah, that's because at that point, that's when they're like, "Hey, man, we got to abort this mission. We got to get out of here," because that's when uh, he goes running out out of the building. I love that he had uh, his little Russian uh, gear on. Oh, the, the reversible jacket. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was sweet. Because then once he goes running out and the Kremlin blows up, I mean, that's, that was major. I mean, hopefully sometime in my lifetime I get over there to see it in person. I, I'm always fascinated with stuff like that. But uh, I love how they just blow thing, real things up in these films. It wasn't real, but I mean, how they blow up uh, things like that in films. And of course, that's going to start some kind of uh, war with uh, America because, of course, they find out it was the Americans that came in here and did all this. So, because then, who was the dude that was chasing him? There was another guy. I think he is. He's a cop or something because he's chasing him through the whole movie. He's the one that suspects that he did it. And he knows that he's American because he ends up uh, when um, Ethan's in the hospital, he he finds his jacket and he's basically telling him, I know you were there because he flips the jacket inside out. And it's the Russian military code underneath. I think he was. The Vladimir Mashkov, whatever. Um, Zedrov? Did I say that name? I will go with that. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a lot of people 
in this, especially the the guys with the Russian names. Those are always uh, hard to uh, understand. I think he was the the special agent guy that was uh, running around chasing mm-hmm. Ethan because um, one of Hendrick's uh, henchmen was that Wistrom guy. Um, he was the the blonde looking one. That was when they went to uh, was it Dubai where they ended up going because then they were supposed to get the uh, the codes from him and he was going to trade. Uh, the The girl had the codes. Sabine Monroe. She had them. Yeah, and she was supposed to meet uh, uh, Hendrix's boy w- Wistrom uh, in Dubai, and that, I don't even remember the name of that building. That's like the tallest building in the world. They were supposed yeah, to meet up in Switzerland. Something Khalifa, Burj Khalifa, or something like that. Sounds right. <laughs> but after the whole Kremlin thing, what? Well, I'm getting lost. I'm jumping ahead to the. Okay, uh, the he is, he escapes the hospital. And this is where he uh, calls in to get picked up. He gets picked up by the um, the guy running uh, IMF. And uh, this is where we get introduced to uh, Jeremy Renner. And um, he's basically telling him what's going down and giving him the, 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 what, the lowdown of what he needs to do. And then that's when the, there's an attack on the, the SUV that they're in and the, the head of the IMF, he gets killed. And him and Jeremy Renner go on the run and then they meet up with Benji and Paula Patton's character in that uh, train car that is a, a hideout because they got to... There was a there was a lot more comedy in this one because they had that whole thing where they were trying to put in the code and they were trying not to run into the thing at the same time. Uh, I'm just trying to remember things because mm-hmm. after I mean when the when the the head guy got assassinated and they go crashing into the water. I mean I just I don't ever want to know that feeling being underwater in a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's that's where some of the comedy comes in because uh, Tom Cruise uses the body of um, the guy that got killed. He puts a flare on him, and they start shooting the body. And then him and Jeremy Renner had that back and forth com- conversation about how did you know they were gonna gonna go after that and not us? And uh, now that I'm remembering, there was a they put a lot more comedy into this one. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of back and forth, and and. Being Simon Pegg, I mean, he was funny in the in the last film, but in this one, since he was out in the field agent, there was uh, a lot more. Maybe he was only supposed to be in that one film, but they they loved his part and uh, wrote more for him to to be because yeah, everything he said was hilarious, and mm-hmm. even the stuff they did, even when it was like super intense, they had to throw in that little bit of a Simon Pegg comedy, so. Uh, well, e- e- even though it's not directed, J.J. Uh, Abrams is still a producer on these movies. So he, he produced all the the last what four? Yeah, I, th- I think it's his company. Bad Robot. Yeah, one of those. I think he has a couple. Because once they all kind of uh, meet up again in that car, and then and they really have to figure out uh, what they're doing in where everything is going to go. And Jeremy Renner's his character, he was um the uh the the what was what's his name's character's name? Uh IMF security. He was more of a was a, a field analyst, is that what he was? Yeah. 
That's what you think he is now, a field analyst. Because that's what he told him. Because he was like, oh, because he was like, oh, he's just, because he was like, well, who's this dude? And he was, yeah. oh, he's just uh, my an analyst. analyst. He's like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. So he didn't really think anything of it. But it kind of comes out later after they see the the kind of training he has, and they're just like, there's no way you're just an analyst. Because once uh, they, they we find out that later after the whole Dubai thing, or they find out in Dubai on his who he who he really is, but. Uh, when they find out that okay, well, we need to go to Dubai because that's where they're gonna do the uh, the handoff with the codes and uh, Sabine's character. Um, I don't know. I would love to see that building, but I kind of have no reason to go to Dubai. Um, <laughs> other than I don't want to get in no sandstorms, and I'm sure it's like a million degrees year round. That's probably what's keeping me away. I can't handle the heat, everyone. I, it's hot in Las Vegas, and I can't handle that. But um, it was weird, though. I mean, I did, I did like that because they go driving up uh, to Dubai. It's like you're in the desert. The next thing you know, there's this big, huge building in a whole city. Um, it's a, and, it, and it was a hotel. I mean, I had to watch all the the makings uh, of this because I I had to see. Because I did think he was swinging around outside uh, when they were in um, in the last film when he was on the building. Uh, on the, were they Japan? Is that where they were? Or China? Uh, Shanghai, China. Yeah. yeah. When he was swinging around up there. So I was kind of thinking, man, are they going to do me dirty in this? Because I remember seeing and uh, stuff saying that, yeah, he was really on the outside of this building swinging around. So I had to watch uh, the making of this one. And that was all Tom. That was all 100% crews swinging around on that building. I thought they were going to shoot it like lower lower levels and just make it like it was way up. No, they were way up there. <laughs> they were like on the 130-something floor. Hell no. Uh, I guess they were saying that they were, um, they were still building that building, so there was a lot of empty floors. And they gave them the go-ahead to, yeah, do what you guys want, just whatever you break or whatever you gonna have to replace and fix because they did say that well they said well we need to take some of these windows out and they're like well you can't just take these out and put them back in that's what they were telling them but then they were like well you guys put them in uh we'll just we want to take them out we'll put new ones in when we're done and they're like all right so they showed these guys on one of those uh, window cleaning rigs and they were just breaking the window and just mm. broke all those windows. They said they broke like 20-something windows out to film this, to get cameras out there, to get Tom and everybody swinging around out there because there was Tom Cruise was out there. There was a helicopter flying around getting the shots. Uh, there was this big rig thing because he was, he was all rigged up with wires. He wasn't just holding on to that one uh, rope that we see him swinging around on. So, so they just had the glass falling down after they broke it? Most of it came in, but I'm sure some fell. A hundred and something stories. That makes me uneasy thinking about it. Maybe they went down and said, hey, if you guys all need to get away because glass is going to fall. I mean, I'm sure they did that. But uh, when those guys were breaking those windows out, they were just push, hitting it with hammers and getting it out. And you, of course, shards had to have been falling to the ground. And I'm sure those were like little bullets coming down from that. Yeah. Hole. 
But that whole scene, because when they when they get into the building and, and they said, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're basically going to uh, switch rooms uh, and make them think that they're on this floor when they're really on, on this next floor. I, I loved all that whole thing, how they did. But then when they, when they were trying to get Tom, uh, get Ethan Hunt into uh, the server room, what was he? What was he supposed to go in there and do? Just to just to get for for them to able to um, get into their system. Is that why he had to go into that server room? Yeah. Okay. And the the only way they go, well, how are we going to get in there? And he goes, well, we can't get through the front door or all these other ones because of all the security. He said the only way we can get in is if we if through we that, said, through the outside. Yeah, he goes, if we come through the outside, I loved how Ethan goes, we? And he goes, Well, you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what that's what I loved about Simon Pegg. It was always something, some comedy that, that came out of his character. But luckily they have all these tools, the these glass cutters to just cut the windows and then pull them out. Um I wanted. I wanted to see what if they put them back in when they were done because they didn't. They didn't break them. They just cut them with those lasers and pulled them out. I don't know. It's a movie. I'm sure they didn't show it. But once he was out, out there, I, I knew what was happening because I, I remember this scene clearly. But I was still on the edge of my seat and holding on to the arms of my chair. I just do not like heights, and I got dizzy. I mean, shout out to the guys that filmed this. It was this was it was shot in IMAX because I remember when I saw it in the, the theater the first time in IMAX, I was I was dizzy. My fingers were digging into the armrests. Um, Ethan or Tom Cruise is just that badass to where heights don't don't bother him because if he was able to just go out there and do what to do, yeah, he was tied up with a lot of uh, cables and everything, but even still, I mean. Luckily, nothing happened, but accidents do happen. So I was just, I, I was just nervous for for Ethan Hunt that whole time. Of course, he's gonna make it because he continues on with two more movies. But that whole scene was intense. What did you think about him flipping and flying around outside that building? It was crazy. I also seen this in the theater, and just knowing that he does his own stunts and he's like hanging outside of this giant building on the glass and then you get the added part of the one of the gloves stops working and it's complete craziness and even with the with the whole scene was just making me nervous because i I, i'm i'm not gonna say I'm, i'm not good with heights but just seeing stuff like this on the screen the whole scene where uh jeremy renner is holding him upside down out the building is you know it it kind of makes me crazy watching it. Yeah, because that was, that was even crazy because, I mean, before we get to that scene when he's climbing around, climbing up, because they said, oh, you got to go up uh, 11 more stories mm-hmm. and uh, seven or eight uh, rooms over. I'm like, And he only had like 20 minutes or something like that because they were telling him there was like 25 minutes before the door knock. And that I love that. That, that comedy was funny. But... For him to be that fast, and it seemed like he just went like a couple, maybe a story or two up before the glove went out, because then he yeah. just he just hucked it and threw it and had to uh, use one. Yeah, it, it 
it, it's it's the beginning of a common theme throughout the movie is uh, Benji's gadgets don't necessarily work how they're supposed to. I mean, even I mean that was scary enough. I, mean, I don't even know. I, I definitely I wouldn't have climbed that on the side of that building. But <laughs> the part that I was really nervous about is once he got to the server room, how he just leaned his shoulder up against. Uh, I assume the frame of the of the window in the building, and then pushed his other his foot and was holding himself there. Either his shirt was super grippy, um, and, and then because he was using both hands to cut the glass, I was like, hell no! I mean, because he did fall at one point, and then because he crawled up some, and then he fell, and then he had to uh, go back. Um, climb back up but once he got up there and that he, this even made me cringe once he cut the hole in the glass and then had to basically do a, a swing his body back while still holding on and then bring his feet forward to kick into the glass Ugh, i don't know i would have just i would have died or i wouldn't even attempted to try to finish <laughs> this mission but, I mean, it was cool. Once he got up there, he did what he did and got out. And then they said, all right, man, you, you got a minute to get back down here. And how he how, how he didn't realize how he was going to get down there. Luckily, what was that thing he threw out the window? What was it? that? Sure wasn't uh, was, was it a it hose? Was it a hose? A fire hose? It, it might have been. I don't know. Because I just remember him looking at it. And next thing you know, whoosh, it goes crashing out the window. And he, he comes running down the, the side of the building, which... Uh, I want to say that they call that like the Australian something. I don't know. Um, I did re- I did some repelling once in my younger, slimmer years when I was in high school. We went to this army base and we got to repel off this huge tower, um, and that was scary enough. But one guy did it like how Tom Cruise did it. He like ran down it, went forward, face first, and ran down the side of it. And they call it Australian something. But anyway, that's what he did here just ran face first up and just ran down the side of that building. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was him that that did it. Um, after all, when the movie was over, I went back and I was watching the making of that. Um, with him being all rigged up and everything, they wanted him to get used to being out there. To not just be the only time you're out there is when they're filming. I guess days before, uh, when he was training, it was him and the, another stunt guy that does all that uh, out there with him. Because they, they were considering using a stunt guy, but then Tom Cruise was like, dude, they're the same thing again. He goes, they're going to notice it, that it's not me, so I need to do this. So that's when he geared up and, and they put him out there. The whole uh, buildup for them to, to get all this, all the, how they angled the cameras hanging out the side of the building, uh, all the people that were on that floor where Tom goes out when once he goes onto the side of the building, they were all harnessed up as well because these windows are gone, and everyone has to look out there to make sure he he's all right and and we're gonna get this shot. Um, they they drew a red line on the on the ground, uh, painted it on the ground. Said if you go past this this red line, you have to have a harness. Uh, there was these little rigs that they had. They had to wear these harnesses and these cables hooked up to them if they were going to go close uh, to the window. And I, don't even, I don't even think I would have done that. I would have stood way against the wall and said, uh, I'll hold the extension cords from back here because no way I would walk up to that window being 100 floors up in the air. 
because Tom, he had made a joke. He was like, yeah, well, uh, if I would have fell, I, mean, I would have had plenty of time to, to call someone. Uh, yeah, um, just letting you know I'm falling off this building because however high they were, uh, where they where they were filming this scene, they said it was higher than the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. And that's high. I've been up on the top of that building. And I'm like, higher than that? And I don't even know how many stories that building is. It was high enough and it scared the hell out of me. But that whole stuff he did just to film that few minutes uh, of him out on the outside, that was the big stunt uh, of the of the whole production. And it was amazing. I mean, you got to give it up to Tom Cruise for, for doing that, other than being one of the executive producers, to be that guy to want to do all this type of stuff. And they were really like, they were shocked at the people that own that building. Yeah, do what you want, and just let them tear their building apart, basically, and then put it back together. But I'm surprised that this the studio even signed off for him to do that crazy stunt. But yeah, I don't know, man. That that was that was all intense. But once he gets back in the building, I don't remember where it went from there. Uh, they are going to do the exchange, but Paula Patton is going to pose as the girl with the codes and Ben, uh, not Benji, uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, Tom Cruise are posing as um, the ones that want to buy the codes. They got this going on in two separate rooms because uh, the, the the blonde chick from the beginning that killed uh, the one guy who originally had him, she has the code, so she's meeting with um, Tom Cruise and Jeremy Renner in one room at the same time. The guy, the real guys that are trying to buy the codes are meeting Paula Patton, and they got that whole back and forth. And then we get the whole thing where another gadget doesn't work because um, the machine that makes the mask stops working. Well, that's right. I mean, all that because when uh, once they got all that got back in into the building is when they realized that uh, everything wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause that that was when the scene when Benji went out and was changing all of the door numbers with whatever gadget he had to make perfect imprints of of the room numbers and everything. I, it's it's a movie, everyone, of course, but I, I do love all these little gadgets they make up. Uh, going back to the the out, outdoor scene uh, on the side of the building when Tom Cruise had to rush it, run down, but then his uh his little uh tether that he had a little hose or whatever that was he was hanging on to rent wasn't long enough hmm. so he swings from one side of the building to the other and basically runs and then does like a flip and then is supposed to cut himself loose and then jump into that window that's open but he ends up clipping the top and almost and flips out but uh, Jeremy Renekin is branded. He dives out, grabs Ethan by the leg, and Jane, Paul Patton's character, grabs uh, Branded's leg. She must have been super strong because I don't know what she was holding on to. And these three are both holding on to each other as they're slowly pulling uh, Ethan back into the building. I thought that was just going to be a, a CGI stunt. Maybe they just built something and then added uh, that but no they really were hanging out of the side of that building because Jeremy Renner what he was talking about he goes look I'm not the one for for stunts like this and I'm not the one for heights oh no he was the one that did the cell phone thing 
because he was saying, "Goes, yeah, we were up that high, and if I would have fell out, and then I would have been able to call somebody." He was the one that said that, and he said we really did it. They harnessed them up, put cables all over them to make sure they could uh, be. And he goes, "And I was hanging out the side of that building, uh, that side of that building, a hundred something stories up." I don't know. Hell no. Nah. Nope. Even up, uh, even Paula Pad. She goes, "I wasn't." hanging out the side of the building but i was she said knowing that that window's open and we're up that high she goes it still scared her she goes even with everything hooked up to them she goes it was still scary and i said i'm I'm sure it was i mean there could be a million cables hooked up to me and i'd still be i'd still die hanging out just looking out that window with nothing there no no thank you Shout out to them three for uh, going uh, above and beyond, just for uh, for to make this film because it that I, I think out of every film so far, I think this is probably my favorite stunt, big stunt that uh, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise does. We'll get into another bigger stunt in the next film, but um, also they uh, they everything goes to to hell and the the the, the, the did they figure out that. They, Tom Cruise and uh, Jeremy Renner wasn't the dudes that were supposed to meet. Yeah, I think both sides uh, in different rooms. It kind of happened simultaneously. They everybody fi- figured it out, and then they had a big fight scene and shootout. Um, Paula Patton ends up because she knows who the blonde chick is. That's the one who killed um, uh, what's his name earlier. Was it Hathaway? Hannaway. Hannaway. Yeah, killed him earlier. So they have their fight, which she ends up kicking the girl through the window out of the building, which she wasn't supposed to do because they needed her alive. And um, this is where we get another Tom Cruise running scene where he chases Cobalt uh, through the uh, sandstorm. And this was pretty, pretty, pretty exciting right here because you just got that element of not being able to see and they are running around trying not to get hit by cars. Then they get in the car chase and that head on collision that they did. I mean, Tom Cruise's character jumps out of the car, but that should have killed Cobalt right there. But you end up seeing him get, get up and or running off in the distance. That, that was, I mean, going back to the building when they were up there, they, that's when they noticed that that sandstorm was coming. Cause they all like, what the hell is that? Yeah, Benji said it, it wasn't coming this way, and it came right for him because when it, Tom goes starts his uh, his run, he's like hauling ass out of that building, chasing that dude, and then the sandstorm hits, and maybe everyone's just used to it because they were because they acted some of the uh, the locals acted like they didn't know it was coming because they were running. There was a bunch of them still running around out there. I figured the news would have said, "Oh, it's coming! Everyone get inside!" But um, I love that, and luckily, uh, Ethan still had his goggles uh, mm-hmm. in, <laughs> in his pocket. Because <laughs> uh, right before they, uh, Ethan and um, and uh, what's his name, uh, Brandon, were gonna meet those guys to do the exchange. Uh, uh, Jeremy Renner's character, your goggles. Oh, he took them off his head and stuck them in his in his pocket. So. As Ethan's running around chasing that dude, he digs in his pocket and pulls puts those on. So thankfully he had those, so he wasn't uh, rubbing dirt and sand out of his eyes. But I did love how he ran by and grabbed the scarf and wrapped it around his mouth and 
was running. I oh he had um uh that little uh, his little phone that uh, had uh, because the I guess they were saying the paper that they used or that had the codes on it had some some kind of tracking thing in it that it was made of. Was mm-hmm. that what it was? Yeah, because that's how he was able to uh, chase him through the through the sandstorm because he he could barely see his hand in front of his face because he kept looking at his phone and there was like a green light was him and the red light was uh, where the the bad guy with the the papers so. That was rough, though, because when he was running and stopped and he saw that red line coming at him like full speed, and then he looked up and jumped out of the way and it was that car. I thought that was pretty sweet. But this was, I mean, the whole movie is unbelievable, but I think this was the most unbelievable part. Hauling ass in a sandstorm and not being able to see. I mean, it's, to get as far as they got, I'm sure they would have wrecked or killed people. I mean, People running around trying to get out of the sandstorm, but I because that's what I was like cringing. I was like because things were coming out of the sand and they were just ducking and dodging and everything. But yeah, that whole scene when they when he did the head on thing, that was crazy. But but what you can do, I mean, you had to do what you got to do to 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 help the mission. So once he crashed him, that guy ran off, right? Yeah, he ran and jumped on the back of that truck. Like you said, there's just. Still people out there in the sandstorm like it's nothing. He jumps on the back of the truck and takes off the mask to, to reveal that it's cobalt. And he drives away. And then uh, they meet up at, I guess, like a safe house. And he's basically, Ethan's like, you know, I'm going to go from now on. I'm, I'm on my own. We were supposed to do this together and it didn't work. And so he leaves. And while he's gone, that's when we get the reveal that. Jeremy Renner's character is not an analyst. He's a, he was a field agent and he was supposed to protect uh, Ethan's, Ethan's wife, which uh, we didn't even talk about why he was in prison. Uh, he was in prison for killing uh, six Serbians and his wife had died. And um, we get to reveal that Tom, or not, uh, Jeremy Renner's character was supposed to be watching her. And she died and he feels guilty of it. And he he's doesn't know if he should tell Ethan uh, that he was there and he was supposed to watch her. Yeah, because he, he, he just felt so bad because he said after that mission uh, that what he was supposed to do failed. He said he just couldn't couldn't work in the field anymore. So that's why he just became an analyst. Yeah, and what then... Did- Oh, he, Ethan went to find that dude that he broke out of prison. Yeah, he he went to, I don't know where he went to, but he went to go find Bogdan. And Bogdan was hooked up with, I'm assuming the guy was an arms dealer that had information. Yeah, he was because I guess he knew a lot of people. Because when they were asking, well, this is the guy I'm looking for. Do you know him? And he's like, yeah, maybe. And uh, so that, that, that was when they, they realized that... Uh, where he was going to be. And where did they go after? I don't remember. Um, they, he meets up. He realizes that he needs the team again. He can't do it by himself, which that, that whole thing kind of bothered me. That was such a quick turnaround from him saying, you know, I'm going to do this on my own to I, I need my team. And they end up going to uh, Mumbai. I think it is. Yeah, Mumbai to uh, 
to uh, negotiate with that Indian billionaire guy. And what did he have? I I remember him, but I don't remember why they. What was he going to give him? Uh, I think. Oh, he had um. Oh. Something about that satellite, this the control of the satellite. That's right, because they figured out. Well, there's no way we can stop uh, the missiles if they launch them. Yeah, but if, but they can do something with the satellite in order to bounce relays or whatever to stop the 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 missiles if they should if they launch. All right, okay, so he yeah. had he had it. What well, it wasn't a satellite that was in the sky, was it? Because they unless I'm thinking of something else. They, did they even show it? Yeah, for a quick second. And they had that whole whole plan where uh, Apollo Patton was gonna like seduce him to get the get another code. I think it was another code for the satellite. And then they had the whole thing where Jeremy Renner jumped down the the fan thing and got caught by the the magnet, and he was in that tunnel, and he was supposed to like. Do something. It was it was a lot of technical technical stuff that probably isn't really real, but they did it in the movie. <laughs> yeah, because I, I'm 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 lost at why they and okay they got that Indian guy to he was that asshole in uh, Slumdog Millionaire, the dude that was running. Yeah, um, I, the, I think they were. Oh, I'm sorry. I think they were going to use the satellite to sh- if the missile was launched. They were going to shut it down. They can shut it down with the satellite. I think. And what That's was, what happened. What was Jeremy Renner doing when he was floating around down in that little uh, corridor thing? I guess he was switching some stuff around and he needed the code. To, I don't know. Maybe he was entering the code. He had to enter the code manually okay. there. So the, he, was a, he was the reason why he had to go down there. Benji was up top. Uh, running the whole thing, telling them, what, okay. Um, yeah, because, you know, Benji can't be the one that jumps down the thing 20 foot, 25 foot drop. You know, it has to be somebody else. And that, now, that, that, that guy is Jeremy Renner. That was crazy because when he was sitting there trying to psych himself up, that was down funny there. when he was doing the stretches and everything. Yeah, they were like, just jump. And then he just jumped out. And I was like, wait, what's happening? And then and he stopped. <laughs> so. I thought that was pretty sweet. Where was yeah. Ethan during all this? He was watching Paula Patton's character because, again, this another scene where it felt like she was new to her job because she couldn't at first talk her way into seducing this guy, and he had to basically come in and help her out. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, there's so many scenes where it just looked like she is a rookie. Because once she did uh, got the code from him, because she basically got him in a headlock and said, I'm going to snap your neck if you don't tell us. And after she got it, then she stabbed him with something and knocked him out. And then then they, oh, did, is this where uh, Ethan was chasing that guy? Yeah, because essentially everything they did in this whole part was for nothing because the signal got jammed. And so he, yeah, so basically all this was for nothing. And Ethan, uh, he went running again, did his running to chase down where, because he knew where the guy was going to be at somehow. And um, they had that whole fight scene on the, what was it, a garage where it had the different uh, elevators for the cars. 
this is is are those things real? I know they have some in Japan like this, but is it? Yeah, I've, just, I've never seen one, but I know they're they. This is for like rich places. I've seen like because I've, I've seen the outdoor ones that they have in New York and Manhattan, but I was wondering how. How did the cars move? Because it seemed like once those little uh, the little platforms that they were on, if they just tilted, the cars just rolled right off. Yeah. So I was like, are they? Is everything in neutral? I mean, what, or is there magnets? I don't know how it was able to do. Well, what it was doing. <laughs> of course, it's a movie, but well, after he gets in the fight scene with uh, Cobalt, and did he just jump off the thing himself? Uh, yeah, because he knew that the, the only way he can because the the they had launched the missiles by then, right? Uh, yeah, that was crazy because he just jumps after they get into it the, because they're fighting over the case, and then he just jumps off the platform and then he just takes a tumble all the way down. And they they had already fired that missile and he figured, okay, well it's already in the air and uh, I guess I got to kill myself. To, so you don't get these codes because he didn't think Ethan would, would run after because he just held that case and just fell backwards. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Well, he, he didn't know Ethan well because the, the best idea Ethan came up with is to drive a car off the platform, which that is pretty fucking ridiculous right there because he just crashes like basically a head-on collision straight to the floor and the air airbag deploys and then he gets out and he's able to open the case and stop everything, of, of course, last second to save the world. Because he, he jumped in and just pushed that button and started up and then just drove it off. Yeah, does it um, work like that? I, with those p- just push start things, from what I know, just because I rented a car once and um, you, yeah, the little key thing is like a sensor. It has to be... I don't know, at least in the car or near the car for in order for the car to start. So I assume it was in there, or maybe that was just some fancy rich car. I don't know what it was, but he he pushed that button and it started. But I don't know the physics and, and the, the, the balance of these cars because I don't think it would have went straight down. I think it would have flipped, but that's that's just me. <laughs> I don't even know how many story are, how many sections up how high he was but high enough to just i mean to, to yeah, he should have been dead oh yeah but that was the only i mean because he was down to seconds because if he didn't get to hurry up and get those codes and everything and the the well i would have been dead because it would have blew up in san francisco because <laughs> <laughs> it was heading for san francisco so i would have i would have felt the vaporized uh part of it i'd rather feel that than live through the, the the fallout of a of a nuclear war. I'd rather have that blast hit me and end it. But anyway, <laughs> but I did like that. Yeah, man. If that wouldn't have killed him, um, I've hit. Well, I didn't really hit the airbag. I got in a car accident one time. And I kind of braced myself on the steering wheel, and it the little airbag that comes out of the steering wheel like scraped my arms, and I had like these burn marks on it. My wife took one to the face. The whole. Mm. Airbag, so that's I remember her face being kind of swollen, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He how high he was, and I'm sure that that for that impact of hitting it, um, but he had his seatbelt on and hit the airbag, so <laughs> I assume <laughs> he was all right. But I, 
I was probably wasn't going as fast as him when I when I got in my accident, but man, he he I'm sure he would have been dazed because that powder that comes out of those airbags like went in my face and down my throat because I remember getting out of the car like like dry heaving. I thought I was gonna throw up, and I was spitting out all that powder that that's in there. So, but he's Ethan Hunt. If he can survive anything else, I'm sure he can survive a little car wreck. But that was pretty cool. I, I liked how he did that, and he was able to. Uh, stop the missile, but it mm-hmm. took it took it chipped the. Uh, I can't remember any of that pointy building in San Francisco because it clipped that and then it, just, it didn't. It just what um, it didn't deactivated it, I guess, because it just went flying into the water and then. Yeah, and I hope they just didn't leave it in the ocean. No, um, well, I'm jumping ahead to the next movie because they do talk about that. Okay. <laughs> in the next film, but just 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 uh, like quickly, uh, but yeah, it was like okay, clip the building, bomb falls in the water, and then now we're hanging out in Seattle, uh, drinking beer. <laughs> yeah did did you like this end scene? Um, it was a little sad when uh, when Tom was seeing his wife. That was I didn't get. Maybe they explained it in the next film. I, I didn't finish it, but. We do, we do get Luther. Yeah, and that's what I didn't like, man. Where it was good that he did pop up in at the end, but because he, he was somewhere else uh, on uh, other missions, I guess. But I wished he would have been there with them, but then uh, I don't think we would have got that much Benji because he was basically the the Luther of, of this. Yeah, I, I love Benji in this one. Yeah, so I mean, but it was cool. Uh, it was it was good to see Luther at the end. But I mean, it, it's once uh, Brandit, um, Jeremy Renner's character, explained to Ethan on w- what happened. I mean, about yeah, I was there when your wife died, and Ethan Hunt, I, he he must have knew they were there. That was the reason why they they did the switcheroo. Because mm-hmm. because he asked him, well, did you see her? Did you see the body? And he was like, uh, no. And then he, that's when he kind of basically told him, yeah, she's still alive. So, we're all right. Because he was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. But I was, think, I was thinking, how, however many years it was in between after uh, Jeremy Miranda's character quit working in the field, he obviously felt really bad because he didn't want to tell Ethan. Like how much of that PTSD or whatever did he have to live with? Yeah, <laughs> I was and, thinking, damn. And real quick, how good of a uh, how good are they hiding his wife? If she is, she looks like she's still a doctor. They changed. Well, I'm jumping ahead now. Um, they basically gave her a new life. That was the only way they can do it with the same uh, profession. Yeah, to okay. say that to, to legally say she's did whatever her name was is dead, and they can put it into the that what's that thing they do when they hide them and give them new identities? Witness protection. Yeah, basically something like that. So she was able to still do her profession, but maybe she was whatever her new name is. So that's yeah. how. And they, but yeah, okay. I don't remember where they were. Uh, in the third film, like where they lived, 
but yeah. you were able to go to Seattle. I think it would probably have been safer if they sent her to uh, the town that I live in and work at the hospital. Because I, uh-huh. I don't think uh, terrorists and uh, arms dealers want to chase you out here. <laughs> but, so, but uh, yeah, let's send her to an uh, overly populated uh, hot zone. Well, it is now. Um, but <laughs> to Seattle. I, I did feel that scene. I mean, th- this was a, a question that I had. She Okay, so she knows what her husband does. Does she... She know he was there. I mean, because I know she was surprised to see him. But does he go home after this mission, or how? How are they? Because obviously, Ethan Hunt didn't change his, his name or anything. But this no, supposed I, to be. Uh, I think he just can't find. I think he just like watches her from afar, like like a creeper or something, just kind of hiding behind things, watching her. That would suck, though. I mean, no, you got a, lie, a wife and someone you love, but you can't, you can't be around her because if she does get killed, it's because of you and your profession. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, she's not his wife if she's legally dead. So yeah, so he can go bang uh, Paula Patton and Maggie Q, I guess. Which, <laughs> which. <laughs> They they make it seem like Paula Patton is a part of the team because they all get their phones, basically, like, you know, I'm going to call you for a mission. And I guess Paula Patton ends up going wherever Maggie Q went because she just disappears from the series. Yeah, I was kind of like, I don't even know who they brought into the next one. Somebody. I think it's uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Okay. I'm only in the, in the beginning of that film, so I'm not sure exactly what uh, she her part is in that. But all right, <laughs> but um, I'm hoping. Uh, from what I understand, they are doing one more. Like I don't know what it's called, Mission Impossible Seven. Yeah, productions um, shut down. I hope they bring all the past agents just to help. If if it's the last one, to like, hey man, um, I need some people here, but uh, maybe those agents, maybe Maggie Q and that other guy are in whatever part of the world in order for them to bring. I do. I'm sorry. I do know. um, What is her name? Vanessa Kirby. She was in Fallout. Um, she was the, the white widow, the, the arms dealer that he, he was working with. Uh-huh. And she was also in the Hobbs and Shaw. She was, uh, Jason Statham's sister in that one. She, she's coming back for a bigger role in seven. I know that. Okay. I'm on, uh, IMDb. Re- Rebecca Ferguson is back. Um, Vanessa Kirby is the white widow. And. Whoa, I know uh, what's his name from uh, Mad Max Fury Road is in it. The guy that was Nux, uh, Nicholas Holt. I don't see his name on here. Well, I guess I got to do the full cast. I think it um, was just announced recently. Well, yeah, it must have been because he's not on here. Somebody named Haley Atwell. Cheryl. Uh, oh, uh, Haley Atwell. Um, Peggy Carter. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. A Palm... Elman Tef? Uh, Mantis from Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. All right. 
Oh, that's right. It's, it is her. Uh, it's he, Marvel. Isai Morales. He's in it. Sweet. I, I like him. Glad that he's doing something big. Ving Rhames is coming back. Uh, Henry Chesarin. I don't know who. Oh, this might be a spoiler, everyone. He's uh, Eugene Kit Kitridge. Was that wasn't Kitridge uh, the 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 main guy in the first one that was hunting down Ethan? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he's related to him. I don't know. And then there's I, I don't think we ever talked about it. Into uh, what happened to um, Hannibal Lecter? Uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, we didn't even bring him up. Um, Anthony Perkins, was not is that his name? Wait, no, that was the dude from Psycho. Oh yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Um, Anthony, God, somebody. We're just been getting screaming yeah. all through this episode. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, so. Anthony Hopkins Perkins. You guys know what I meant. Uh, rest in peace, Anthony Perkins. Um. We got to do those uh, for uh, 31 Days of Horror. Maybe not I, all four, but we'll do at least one. I, I like all four. So do I'm, I. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I'm down if you are. All right. Well, if you are, we'll have to do all four. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we didn't even mention him. He, he I guess he just needed the money and uh, did it because he, it, he. In this in this world here, it, it doesn't seem to pay off to be the head of IMF because they seem to change out guys like every movie. Yeah, because Kittredge in the first one, then we got uh, whatever uh, Hopkins' name was, and then uh, Lawrence Fishburne was in the third one, and I don't even know who it was in this one. I don't think they had one in this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, oh, I'm back on Rogue Nation. I don't want to start talking about that one because they uh, explain why they. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was one in this one. If there was, they didn't. Oh no, it was the well. Well, it was the yeah, it was. It was the dude that got killed. Um, the 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 guy that was with Jeremy Renner when he got shot in the yeah in the SUV, yeah, yeah he was the head of it. Um, Tom yeah, Wilkinson. No more. Yeah, <laughs> no more. Because they bring up his character uh, in the next film, and well, next episode we'll get into that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm jumping ahead, everyone. That he was the main one that he got killed, because they do uh, bring him up uh, in the next film. Well, in the beginning, there they did, but uh, so far out of these four, I mean, of course, the my favorite one is the the first one, but. I think action-wise, this one had the most out of these yeah. first four. I agree. If um, what are your ratings for both of them? Um, hmm, Mission Impossible Three. Uh, I enjoyed it. The story wasn't the greatest, but um, I'd probably give it an eight. Mainly for uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and how badass he was. Yeah, I I'm a little I'm close to there, but I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. Um, I kind of I think it was the ending that just kind of just threw it threw it off for me a little bit. The just the, the happy ending, the way he just told her 
everything, which clearly by four was a complete mistake because she had to get a whole new life. So, yeah, seven and a half on that one. And that would, uh, goes against the whole protocol thing of being an IFA, IMF agent. Mm-hmm. I, you, you're trained not to tell anyone, even if they're torturing you. You're trained not to, to just let them know what's going on here. He just told her like it was nothing. <laughs> but Yeah, but uh, Ghost Protocol, I am going to give this one a 9. I loved it that much. I, I would have given it a 10, but that whole part when they did that mission in, in, uh, in Mumbai was for nothing, like a lot of it in Last Jedi. Their missions was for nothing. Um so yeah, I, I would give it that. I mean, I they always give these happy endings and everything, but eh, it, it was it was it was close to a ten, mainly for the uh, all the action and everything that was going on in this one. But this is definitely one. Um, it would probably be my second favorite uh, as of now because Rogue Nation and, and Fallout. I I don't even remember those. I only remember the big stunt in the next film, but other than that, I don't even remember what's going on. Yeah, I am right there with you at a nine. Um, love the stunts, especially the one in Dubai on the, on the outside of the building. Uh, love that they gave Simon Pegg more to do. Um, kind of, again, didn't like the very ending of this one, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, nine. Definitely nine. I think this so far is my favorite one out of the ones we reviewed. I think out of these two films, I think that when they get to the end, they're like either running out of money or time and then just wrap it up super, as fast as they could. Yeah, they, it seems like they try to make it happy. Just yeah, it's like you it's don't like need they, it. It's like they blew their load too soon and then <laughs> they just they give you cleanup at the end. But. Uh, that's my opinion, everyone. You guys might think different uh, on these films, but I know there's there's a huge uh, fan base for all these films, and I know there's a lot of people that hate them. But it's mainly because Tom Cruise. I, that my wife, she goes, I hate Tom Cruise. I don't know why you watch these films, um, but I love them. I mean, I can put uh, uh, the art uh, separate the art and the artist. <laughs> so I liked it, but I did like how he, he grew his hair again. In this one, so it can be blowing around when he was flying around on the side of that building. Um, going back to that scene during the making, they were saying that uh, um, when they were when he was out on the side of the building trying to get used to it, I guess they kind of forgot that he was out there because he came back in, and then they were all right. They were doing some other things, but then the the direct director said, he "Goes, yeah, we were doing whatever." And then we're like, where's Tom? And as you hear someone going, whoa, whoopee, swinging around. They look out the window, and he goes, then we see him swinging around outside. How, again, <laughs> I, I'm not the one <laughs> to do that. And, um, that that's big balls uh, for Tom Cruise to, to do what he did, put his life on the line to entertain us. All those guys, everyone that, that, that made this film, especially during mm-hmm. all that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing. I think out of all the big stunts that I remember, uh, I think this it was probably my favorite uh, out of uh, these four, first four films. Uh, I do love the next big stunt in the next film, uh, Fallout. I don't remember that at all. 
I don't even know what the stunt was, but um, I just remember he broke his ribs when he was jumping from that one roof uh, mm-hmm. to the next. But yeah, um, definitely these are. Oh, if you like these type of films, I mean, you got to just uh, disbelieve some of it. But it, it, these are still awesome, I and mean, they 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 do it to entertain us, and that's what uh we're here to do to entertain you guys as well. But I loved uh, pretty much everything, well, except for the second one. That was just pure shit. But <laughs> Ghost Protocol, awesome film. All right, man. Uh, before we get out of here, tell everybody what you got out and what you got coming out. Uh, we got a new uh, regular episode for East Society. Uh, we only mainly TV. We, I the only one. We only watched one movie, and I mentioned that earlier. Uh, that film, Lost Bullet. Definitely check that out, everyone. It's a, it's an awesome film. Uh, you can either read it; it's all in French, or you can uh, do the English dub. I read it halfway, and then I was getting tired, and then I just turned it into English, the the dub version, and it was fine. It, it didn't take anything away from me. But uh, it's definitely a cool film. Check that out, everyone. Uh, but, yeah, as, as far as that, that's all we got coming. Um, I did mention something before about somebody wanting to do a new show for our network. And it's a bust because mm-hmm. got a new job and doesn't have time to do it now. So, sorry, everyone. Um, we tried. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as that, nah, that's all we got. A new episode of East Society. Uh, I got another MacNez podcast. Um uh, planned and scheduled i just need to sit down and i'm um, interviewing a uh, indie wrestler he goes by the navajo warrior um he's an amazing guy I look him up on uh instagram and uh, i got the okay for the interview we just got set it up so hopefully that'll be uh within the next month or so whenever he's uh get a break because he is out there still doing it they're doing indie shows um Hey, I don't know if I'd go. <laughs> I mean, I would go. I would say I said it before. I would stand way in the back, but <laughs> I don't know. But then again, I mean, all those guys that are out there doing it, I mean, right on. I mean, you guys are still out there doing it to entertain us uh, in this uh, weird time that we're all living in right now. But yeah, as far as uh, Skaterness Podcast Network, that's all I got coming up next is a, a new uh, East Society episode. Nice. Uh, of course, for the action returns, the next episode, we're going to talk Mission Impossible. Rogue Nation, as far as well as Fallout, and over at the Horror Returns. By the time you hear this, uh, you'll hear our Brian Usna episode where we talk about society and the dentist uh, with our guest uh, Cindy Sanabria. And next week, uh, we got another Patreon pick uh, from Patreon donor Matt Wood. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Triangle, 2009's Triangle, Tokyo Gore Police, and the Banshee Chapter. And uh, after that, I think, uh, yeah, we are doing the Bill and Ted trilogy. And as I think you're joining us for that one. Yeah, I'll be there. All right. Uh, any last words? Uh, no, that's it. Everyone be safe out there and uh, just get ready for the next episode. All right. Until the action returns, everybody stay safe. Wear your mask.